The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. It filled their hearts with singing. I want to talk to you. This is kind of the State of the Union address and I don't really do too good a state of union in fact I don't do too good about anything but we had our annual meeting and so now we're on our first week of our actually it'll be June 1st will be our first week of our new year uh, fiscal year as they call it starting in June and then also the uh, I believe the school will roll over to a new year also and, and so it's always a time of reflection for me. Normally I have this time. I used to have it in end of December, you know, New Year. Used to look back on it. I hope you do that. I hope you go back and, and look at the year you've lived and, and you say, what could I have done different? What could I have done better? What, what did I not do that I should have done? And what did I, you know, that's why goals are great. I love goals. Reading the Bible through in a year is a fabulous goal. You can, let me say this. If you did three quarters of the Bible, but you... You failed to get the whole thing done, but you did three quarters. At least you did three quarters. Now, don't be satisfied with that. I've had people come up to me and say, well, I, I, I do half a Bible a year. I try to read the whole, but I only do a half. Well, eventually that becomes, you know, not a good excuse. So you probably need, you ought to be able to do it. Boy, it feels good to finish the Bible in a year. Somebody told me yesterday, or day, well, actually last week it was, that they were going to read the Bible through twice this year. Ooh. Now, they're on a reel. That's, that's uh, 46 chapters of the Bible a week. Even at that, it's not as much as it may sound. 46, 23 chapters will do it in a, in a year. 46, a little over that, will do it twice a year. And so they're going to do that. And I'll tell you what, they'll be chained. 35 years ago, God met with a group of a fledgling little group of people. I mean a fledgling little group of folks. I was at Community Baptist Church just north of here. Now it's called uh, Parkway Baptist Church, I believe. And it's on off of uh, Briarcliff Road. Now it faces that real fancy road that goes north and south there, which I never can remember the name of that road. Could they name that road something a little more complicated? Uh, what is the name of that? Anybody know the road? Wow, wow. Must have given a lot of money towards it. But, and they're going to eventually have to change the name of that to like, you know, the North-South Road. That's real, you know. Let's go to the North-South Road. But over there at Briarcliff, and, and um, we were at Briarcliff there, and I was working, and, and uh, this church, uh, third, third week they met together. First week they met in pool cages, a uh, little group of people. Pool cages in Florida is not a good idea. Hot, hot. Also, pool cage, humid. Humid. So hot, hot, humid, humid. It's, too, it's just a bad place to have a church. But they'd go out in those pool cages, and by the time you got done, you were soaked, you know. Plus, the mosquitoes would get in somehow, and they'd be after you. And so it was just like about the most uh, non-conducive environment that you could possibly pick to have a group of people starting a church. And a lot of people don't like primitive churches anyway. They don't like to enter into a group that's just starting uh, it requires a lot of work, and they're not a lot of amenities, and consequently, and so they, they really don't want to be part of that. So a lot of people that would come by and visit us, when they found out we were just a fledgling group, they would, now, I want, I, want a, I want something that has a youth pastor or a youth director. And I'm like, well, how are we ever going to grow big enough to get one of those uh, if, if you don't stay and leave your kid with us so that we can get big enough so eventually we can get a guy that's a full-time youth pastor, youth director. And so it's like a catch-22. You just, you just can't, it's like never catch, you know. On and on I explain myself to people over and over as I saw them go by. And the 35 years, we started in the first few years, we'd get, I remember 15 on Sunday night. Uh, and that was including Pastor McKinney and Naomi and my wife and myself and Troy. So 
You could bring that down to 10 we had coming at the church. I would say the work went slowly at the beginning. In fact, many times I didn't believe we were ever going to get off the ground. We had two deacons, though. We had a head start. We had a little jump start. We had two good guys. Ernie Stewart, prime of his life, probably early 50. And then we had um, Jim McCullum. I think he was 48. He could have been 50. He was a little younger than Ernie. But those two guys were old veterans at that time already in church building. Had started a few churches. Brother Jim had already started. He helped start Beach Baptist Church here with Pastor Lane over here. He had had experience with his dad. Oscar had started a lot of different churches. So uh, Jim kind of came well-trained in how do, you, how do you start a church? How do you do that? And so they began to pray. And I, I came in the fifth Sunday and preached for him on Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm, I just fell in love with that little group of people. They just seemed like a really genuine, solid, love the Lord, no bitterness, real people. And I told my wife, this is where we need to be. And we uh, joined. It was time to uh, leave there anyway. And I came over here and we joined the church and started working with them. Um, I remember Jim McCullum called me up and asked me if I'd be the pastor of the church. And I said, no, I had no peace about it. I was 27, 28 years old. I had no peace. I wasn't felt like I was ready at that point, at least in my particular case. Other people may. Dr. Heller was a pastor, I think, 22 years old, 21 years old. Much more mature individual than I am. And I tend to be on the immature side of life. So it takes me a little bit longer to get there. And, and so I just didn't feel ready. God didn't give me the go. I said to him, I'd be glad to work as assistant pastor for you. I am going to continue to work a secular job because I know you can't pay anything. And that's fine. I want to work a secular job. So I kept working floor covering and everything else. And so we just kept going on. And then Pastor McKinney was called. And he was called in April that year. And he came. He was 60-year-old. It was perfect for me. And we got together. And Pastor McKinney and I really were knit. Our hearts were knit together. And we had a goal. A common goal is to reach Bonita Springs, one very big, but to reach Bonita Springs for Jesus Christ. I can't, I never forget when God located us up here in the north. Uh, we got a call from a guy by the name of Chris Powell. Didn't know him from Adam. I happened to know him from some work I did for him out at the beach. He was building some condominiums out there. And he and his wife and, and Ed and his wife were developing those condominiums over there in a limited partnership. And they, they were building those. And I kind of did some work for him in floor covering, got to know him. And eventually he found out we were going to do the church here. And he and his wife both donated this five acres of land. Which, believe it or not, Jack Van Impey also donated the other two and a half on one, two and a half on the other. And the stipulation was, we'll, we'll give you the land, we'll donate it to you if you'll have a Christian school. Of course, from the very beginning, we had discussed we want a Christian school. But God's hand just seemed to be in this and going with us and helping us as we started in our humble beginnings. We could not fully explain what we wanted to do in detail. We did not know kind of how it was going to be done, but we knew that God said to go into the world and preach a gospel to every creature, and we knew that it was through the local church that God does that. And we believed in the structure of the New Testament. And I hope that you as a Christian have searched the Bible carefully and understood in the New Testament God's way of reaching the world is through local churches. What God called pastors and, and, uh, and deacons and, and people that, that want to put their hands together and, and pool their funds and resources and begin to support world missions and send people out from here and do it, really do what you see going on here. If you would, take your Bibles to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians again, chapter 4. I would, have, I would lie to you if I didn't tell you in some of them early days, even up to eight, nine years into this, that we did not have some very discouraging times. Uh, we had resistance on every hand, not only financial resistance, but we had resistance. We had wolves come in once in a while and try to disrupt us, uh, you know, cause trouble and this and that and the other. Uh, we had folks critical of us. Uh, we had folks uh, that felt we were just a bunch of hillbillies and they used to say, man, you don't have any kind of music program, a horrible music program, and you guys are just, what are you doing? And we had all kinds of that kind of naysaying going on, came in. But you know what? We just figured, we figured God, we just knew one thing, God was in it. And we were just going to keep moving forward. We had no land, no building, no pastor, no money, no denomination, no help, but we had a vision. 
and where you have a vision, if God gives you that vision, then he'll see you through all of the resistance to that. There, there, by the way, there was nothing in Bonita there, really. I mean, a little bit down off of Spanish Wells down there off Bonita Beach Road, a little bit of development over in Old Bonita on the western part over there, of course, in Old, but not really a whole lot. I don't know if you remember, there used to be a bowling alley over here. Now there's some sort of a statue, a statue joint over there. But it used to be a bowl. I bowled many a game over there. Never was very good, but bowled many a game over there. The little small industrial park up north of us, all the way to the junkyard. Haney's junkyard? Who owned that junkyard? Anybody know who, who owned that junkyard? Are they all gone? Wow. Who? Harris. That's right, that's right, that's right. God bless you. The Harris junkyard up there. And um, anyway, we had a little small mobile home park. Jamaica, I think it's Jamaica Bay up here. That may not be. It's not Jamaica Bay. It's something else named, but I don't know what it is. A little, little on the north here. Remember Viola Witt? God bless her. She came out of that little park there, would ride her little bicycle, and she was blind. You love that, Doc. She had macular degeneration. You can only see out of the size of her eyes. She'd ride her bicycle. And I tell you what, she'd show up, and I'd go, how did you get here, girl? And, 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 and she was just a happy-go-lucky. You know, she wouldn't give in. At her, well, let me say this. In her stage of life, by herself, in her physical stage of life, but she had some serious infirmities. She could have given in to being, you know, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I guess I'll just eat worms. She just would not do that. She brought her little squeeze box in there, and she said, Preacher, can I play the squeeze box before Sunday school class? I said, well, why not? Well, you get out there, and she'd squeeze that thing and play, I don't know what, sometimes the notes on there would be real big. And, and then pretty soon she got a call from Jay Leno. Now, I'm not saying Jay's a godly man, he's not. But Jay Leno called that woman and flew her out to California, had her on the Tonight Show. How many of you been on the Tonight Show? I mean, what in the world? We even put her in one of them montages there with Jay Leno posing with a picture because I thought, you know, I mean, she just, she, I said, well, be a witness when you go out there. Be a witness to Jay. Maybe Jay gets saved. I don't know. Oh, those guys need to be saved, you know. God works in amazing ways. Oh, God has brought so many wonderful people here. We were called mockingly we were called church in the wilderness here at the gospel and uh we we were we felt like we were in the wilderness uh and and, and brother tonight 35 years down the road we are in the glory days of gospel baptist oh we've been knocked around we've been beat up some of our people have been hurt but we are in and we've been in since I became the senior pastor in 1992, we've been in the glory days of Gospel Baptist compared to the first 12 years that I experienced when I was teaching Sunday school out in a camper with no air conditioning and then outside in chairs. Brother, we are in glory. There's no Sunday school room that's not comfortable. Amen. Even if you got this little skinny room back here, I'm trying to figure out how to negotiate that thing and make it happen. But brother, at the worst, that's great. Think, look at this beautiful auditorium. I never dreamt in my life that I'd be able to preach in an auditorium like this. I'd never in my life dreamed we'd ever have a beautiful McKinney Hall. I remember we were, we were doing a bucket brigade for the uh, stringer at the top of that thing. They didn't even want to, They were too cheap to rent a concrete pump. And we bucket brigaded that thing and then vibrated it with a hammer. You know, it's just brother. You you all know that. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor. You guys, you old pastors in here know what I'm talking about. I probably did the same similar story up there, Greater Rhode Island Baptist Church or Antioch Baptist Church or up there at Colonial Hills Baptist Church. God works in the same ways. Brother, sister in Christ, don't be discouraged. We are in the glory days of Gospel Baptist. And I don't talking about just buildings and that stuff. Oh, no. Man, we're having some people trust Christ as their Savior. We're having people visit church. Last three and a half years, we had 52 people join us, full-time members. And let me just say this. There are everybody, I'm going to make a crazy statement, but it would just add to all the others I've made. I don't think there's a preacher in our area that thinks you can have a church 
that requires membership based on not drinking alcohol. You find me one in Bonita area. You find me a pastor that believes that you can have a church that really, that even people would consider not drinking alcohol. Because all their members drink alcohol. And, and if they don't drink, they, they, they are sympathetic to it. And brother, by the grace of God, we haven't seen any, we, you name one good thing alcohol does, and I'll name you a hundred bad things it does. You say, you know, I don't need the Bible to tell anything about alcohol. I don't need it. That'd be like trying to justify cocaine or trying to justify marijuana. You can't ever justify, you'll never sell me on marijuana, medically or not medically. You're never going to sell me on marijuana. It makes you dumber than a box of rocks, and I don't need help. When I was a kid smoking marijuana every day, pretty soon I was running red lights, forgetting stuff. I just got so dumb, I couldn't remember who in the world I was. It even shocked me. Some of you said it never did wear off. That's right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to the text. That was a preamble. That's the scramble eggs tonight. State of the Union, that's why I named it State of the Union. And chapter uh, 4 what a, what a passage here. In verse, really, 7, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every one of you have a gift. Every one of you. Every one of you got at least a gift. Some of you got two, some three, some four, some five. Uh, uh, some of you can spell, some of you can't. Some of you can play instruments, some of you can't. Uh, but brother, every one of us, by grace of God, has been given something we can do for Jesus. And all you got to do is find what that is and do it with all your heart. And by the way, forget about everybody else. Don't worry whether they get recognized, you get recognized, don't get recognized. Just do your gift for Jesus and whistle while you work. Whistle all the way down. Glory to God. You know, we got a lot of people that are rooting for us tonight. My mom and dad are on the other side rooting for us. I got a grandmother been rooting for me for a long time. I got a lot of family on the other side. I believe Kathy's mom's saved. She got, she's on the other side. We got 150 people. I've buried myself here at the gospel. I think they're rooting for us on the other side. What do you think they're doing over there? Playing their flute and being bored on a cloud? No. Brother, I don't, I, don't see, I don't see one thing in the Bible that says they can't be praying for us. Not one thing. I mean, if the old rich guy in the 16th chapter of Luke knew that his brothers weren't, weren't, weren't dead yet, and in essence, what was he doing? He was praying for them. When he asked Abraham to send back Lazarus so that they could be saved, that was prayer. In fact, that was intercessory prayer for his five brothers. And if the unsaved can have intercessory prayer for their brothers, I think the saved people on the other side can have intercessory prayer for you and for me. Man, amen. I believe we got people on the other side. It says there in verse, verse 7 that we got a gift. We got gifts. We've been, grace has been given to us. Let's go down to verse 11. And it says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. And some pastors, teachers, that's, and teachers, it's the word, <clears throat> it's the Granville Sharp rule that I taught you in prayer meeting. It means the first is the same as the second. So pastors, teachers, the same office as pastor, teacher. You have to be qualified to be a teacher, to be a pastor. And for the, what is that all that for? What are all those gifts for? Well, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of them, perfecting means completing of the saints. We're on a mission to complete each other for Christ for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, so we can be built up more like Jesus, that's what that means, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect, that's a complete man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that henceforth we no more children. What, a chi what happens to children? They get tossed to and fro. That means they're emotionally tossed, irrationally tossed, to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine or teaching. How is that? Well, by the slight of man and by the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from hence the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth. In other words, each one of us have a place in the body of Christ. You don't have my job. I don't have your job. You got your your niche, your place. And brother, by the grace of God, the happiest moment you'll have in a local church is to find your place in the body and then work with all your heart. Some women love children to the place where they like to do nursery. I think that is a special gift, and every man said. <clears throat> I do. I think that nursery work is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Praise the Lord for all of those, all of those girls that go over there and do that. Increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. There are some principles that must be understood as we walk about this coming year. First of all, whatever is done, God, if it's to last, if it's to be real, God's got to be in it. Are you aware that God has to be in? You don't go to God and tell him to approve your plans. Don't go to God this year and say, here's my plans, what do you think? What you do is go to God and say, what are your plans for me? Get your will out of it. Get your will out of it. When you pray for something, you can't legitimately pray for it if you have a will. Because what happens is, pretty soon, you start reading everything according to the will. You have to be willing to say, Lord, if you, if you answer this, so be it. If it's best not to answer it, so be it. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's easier said than done. That's a lot easier said than done. But thy will be done has to be real with God. Man, I want God in Gospel Baptist from, from June 1st to next June 1st, I want to say that God has been with Gospel Baptist. I don't want this. And by the way, early on we talked, Ernie and, Ernie and Jim and I, we talked about we don't want a local church. We don't want a church that God isn't in. My wife and I, we're 28 years old. We're getting ready to getting ready to dive into a work by the grace of God and just give ourselves to it. And I, I knew that when I, was, when I was going to do that, I didn't want it to be a work of man. I didn't want it to be a work where it was political. I wanted it to be a spiritual thing. I wanted God to be here. I wanted to see his hand here and there and yon as he forced the thing through, as he went past the resistances, as he went past the roadblocks. And brother, we have had some roadblocks. Wow. We've had some resistances on our right hand and on our left. But God went through them. I know the Bible says, I said this morning, if God be for you, who can be against you? We knew that. We said, well, we want to, we want to, we want to see it happen. I think of a character in the Bible, and most of you know him, of course, Joseph. Joseph, right at the end of the book of, Revelation, uh, book of uh, Genesis, and, and Joseph, he's, he's hated by his brothers. He's sold for a slave. He, he almost is killed by them. They debated, actually, whether to kill him or not. He overcame tremendous obstacles. He was promoted, eventually, by the very heathen that prisoned him. He, he had a marriage arranged by them to a Gentile woman that was a daughter of a false prophet. How do you like that? For a marriage, uh, you know, here, here's this woman now, Pharaoh. You know, when Pharaoh gives you a wife, you take her, I guess. And he gave Joseph, uh, I believe, the God of On, the priests of God of On, this to the daughter. What? That looked to me like everything was wrong there. But, brother, God overcomes a lot of things. If God's in it, God will overcome it. He overcame it with him. How did it all happen? How did he make it with all that stuff against him? The Lord was with him. Well, we, when we started church, we, we, we early people, we looked at that. And we said, well, if God's with somebody, even you can be in slavery, and you can be sold by your, even your own family, but if God is with you, he'll overcome all of that resistance. And then we all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, well, we got to have God with us, right? Genesis chapter 39, 3 says, his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Genesis 39, 23 said, The keeper of the prison looked 
not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him, speaking of Joseph, that he did, and the Lord made it to prosper. We have to have that here at Gospel Baptist Church. If we don't have God working through us, we are doing something that's not going to last and not going to make much difference. But if we have God, remember, if God be for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, wow, you can't lose. It's like old Reverend Ike used to say, you can't lose with the stuff we use. Samuel, I think of Samuel. Man, here he is, left by his mother to work in a temple with Eli and his two wicked boys. And instead of them wicked boys, you know what we'd say? Oh, put that kid around. Two bad kids are going to ruin him. Not if God's with him. Not if the kid's with God. Boy, don't give in to circumstantial psychology. Don't you do it. The Bible, every, every cell of the Bible repudiates and refutes circumstantial psychology. God over and over and over and over again takes example after example of example of, of something that could never happen and makes it happen. And here is this Samuel is put in a den of snakes. I mean, I mean, Eli's kids are as bad as you can get. They had immorality with the women that came down to the altar to leave their gifts. That's as bad as it gets. I mean, it's just wicked. But how about Samuel? How did it affect him? His heart was dedicated to the God, just like Joseph's heart. Remember when Potiphar's wife came up? The Bible says when Potiphar's wife tempted him, it was day after. See, if at one time you'd say, well, I could do that one time. I'd say one time. But how about day after day? Remember, you're a single man, man. You're a single man. Ain't no outlet. You got no woman. And he get day after day after day. And I, I got a funny feeling, well, Potiphar's wife was no... I think she was not hard to look at. An experienced woman. Day after day after day after day after day after day after day. Wow. Does that describe you for God? Does that describe you for God? You know God to the place where when those things happen, you say, it ain't going to happen. You're going to have to shoot me to stop me by the grace of God. You know Joseph had to have that attitude. You know Samuel had to have that kind of attitude. And then I think of David. David, he's a poor sheep herder. He's the eighth of, of uh, he's the last kid of eight children. Hated of the, of the king when he gets anointed. Chased by Saul. Tried to kill him. Became a fugitive. He was a hero. Became a zero. Feigned insanity, slobbering out of the side of his mouth. What a humbling thing. But Saul was afraid of David. Why? In 1 Samuel 18, 12, it says, because the Lord was with him. There's that phrase again. Hezekiah, going down history a little bit more. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 7. The Bible says about Hezekiah. By the way, Hezekiah's dad was one of the worst, most evil kings up to that moment. His name was Ahaz. Ahaz had done abominations that even God hadn't thought about and had not come into his mind. And they sacrificed their children to Moloch and the gods and done wicked things and sanctioned homosexuality and same-sex marriage and just abominable things. Hezekiah, his kid, decides to serve the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know when that, when Hezekiah in that environment said, I'm going to serve God, the Bible says God was with him. Look in verse 7 of chapter 18, 2 Kings. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered with us. So ever he went forth, he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. What am I trying to get at? A local body of believers are made up of individual Christians. We are only connected by the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessed Holy Spirit 
the quality of this body of believers here at Gospel is no better than the individual quality of every Christian sitting here tonight. It is important for the health of not only you and your family personally, but it is important for the health of Gospel Baptist Church that you live right, that you do right, that you base your decisions not on popularity, not on whether whether people are going to react to it this way or that, but you base your decisions on what is right. What is the right thing to do? What is the Bible thing to do? And Go back to the book. And as your life reflects that, God will be with you, and God will prosper the things that you touch. And He'll prosper where you go. And He'll overcome all the resistances that will come up against you. And now, add that. To one family, two families, three families, four families, five families, six families, ten families, twenty families, thirty families, sixty families, eighty families, making a local church a strong place for a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's made up of individuals that are doing the right things. How do you get to a place where God is with you? Well, number one, thank you for asking. You please God in secret. See, what you see me, what you see me, the visual that you see me, is not what really is important in my life. What's important is how God sees me in secret. Amen? It's what I do in secret. It's what I do when my wife's not there and my kids aren't there, or my kid isn't there, or you're not there, uh, or uh, it's what I do when nobody. It's what I. It's 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 the opportunities that you have in the hidden world of your life. How do you think in those realms? Where is your mind in those realms? What are you thinking about? That's why the Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, is to put and center your mind on things which are above and not things on below, and Colossians also. And it talks about focusing on the, the things that are upright and good and true and honest and lovely and good report, all those things. Where are you at? Are you in secret? Well, Jesus says this way three times. Three times, Jesus in chapter 6 of Matthew says, Thine alms may be in secret. That's what you're giving. That thy father which seeth in secret will reward you openly. In Matthew 6, 6, he says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In, in fasting, in Matthew 6, 18, he says, That thou shalt appear uh, not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. See, the, a church is made up of individuals who are living secret lives, and if those secret lives are pleasing to God and are pure and upright and honest and not political and subterfuged and duplistic, but are real, and what you see is what you get, yes, we, we, we easily and often confess our faults one to another because we are full of faults, really, and we struggle in those areas, but we're honest people that want to do right. God is pleased with you as an individual. Those individuals collectively make a body of believers, and God then blesses this body of believers with his power. Man, we need it, don't we? God's been pleased with this place in many ways. He's demonstrated it over and over and over again. He's helped us when we've needed it. And then we get the opportunity to help the missionaries when they come by. We're known all over the country for the church that will really help a missionary when they come by. Praise the Lord for that. Glory to God. Boy, you need and I need to be doing that which is in secret. If we do those things which are pleasing to God in secret, then he'll reward us openly. That open reward will eventually turn in and interpolate from family to family to a church. That church then will affect the community. The community will be affected by a group of people that are honest with God and, and not sinning in secret. For the last year and a half, year, year, about a year, year and a half, year and two, three months, 
I knew something was wrong at Gospel Baptist. I would go to my wife and say, something's wrong. Something is wrong. The Spirit of God is restricted. He's constricted. He's grieved. Something's wrong. My preaching, I struggled in my preaching. First thing I do when that happens is go to me and look at me. And say, Lord Jesus, is there anything between you and me? Is there anything I can change on? Is there anything I can move, move on? Is there, would you let me know? First thing I do, then I go to my wife. Well, that's a deep well, brother. No, really, I go to Kathy and I say, is there anything? Is there anything you want to talk to me now? I'll go easy on you if you confess it up right now. But I'm telling you, folks. November 23rd, when that thing came forth, was the beginning of revival. Revival for us as a body of believers. Because if when something is in secret, it's not in secret to God. And God eventually will judge not only the people that are involved in that, they judge, he'll judge the people around that. You remember the story of Achan? 36 men, 36 children lost their daddies because of Achan. Yeah. That's why this year, by the grace of God, don't you let the devil deceive you into any kind of secret sin. Don't you let it. There is no such thing as a secret sin. God sees it. The Bible says the night is the day to God. You can't turn the lights out and expect to hide. He's there. God sees your, your actions. He knows your thoughts. He knows your intentions. Don't be deceived. The devil comes by your house and he says, oh, it won't make any difference. Would you please consider that your activities this year affect me? That your activities this year affect Gospel Baptist? That your activities this year affect God's blessing upon our crucial, crucial ministry to reach the community for Christ and the world through the missions program? Your activity in secret should be pure and honest. And then the Bible says God gives the increase. If you do that which is pleasing in His sight, I like it. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Let me just say this. There ain't no pastor that gets the increase. There's no amount of preaching gets the increase. It's God gives the increase. You're not going to take the glory from him and give it to another. He said, I ain't going to share my glory. Brother, if anything good happens, it's God that does it. It's not, oh, yeah, God uses people. Sure he does. But without God's being pleased with us and without God being happy with what we're doing in secret as the body of believers, God will hold back his blessing because he'll have to discipline us instead of bless us. And I know as a parent, you can't do both at the same time. If you're disciplining your child, you're disciplining them. If you're blessing them, you're blessing them. If they do good, you bless them. If, if they do wrong, you discipline them. Those two things usually don't overlap too much, do they? They kind of are separate from each other. Oh, you're important to the local church. Man, you're important. I'm important to you. You're important to me. We're important to each other. I like in 3.7 it says, For neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. That's why it says there'll be no flesh glory in his presence. Basically, when you go to heaven, there'll be nobody up there beating their chest because the Bible says at our best we're unprofitable servants. We have done that which is only our duty to do. When we get into heaven, we're going to say, Jesus, it's all because of you. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. It's all for you. The Bible says no, no flesh, not one person will glory. D.L. Moody won't glory in his presence. Uh, Gypsy Smith won't glory in his presence. Uh, Bob Jones Sr. won't glory in his presence. No. We're going to say, Jesus, you did it. Through us, we were willing and you came, and you worked through us. I pray by the grace of God, in His blessing to Gospel Baptist, I thank God to show you how much Gospel Baptist blesses us, and, and God, excuse me, Gospel Baptist uh, is blessed by God. Um, 
God has allowed us to have another a full staff again. Praise God that uh, our brother Moon would be willing to come up to be an assistant pastor with me and help me. No more money. And thank God that Dr. Crabb would be willing to come up and, and, and come up beside me and help me as assistant pastor. No money. This gets better, doesn't it? Praise God that old uh, Chris Barrows. You say, oh, Chris Barrows. Why? Why, he jumping a chance to come to God. Let me say this, boy. They, those people go, they got a lot of opportunities, a lot of options. God just touched old Chris and Heather's heart. Literally touched her heart. You know what he told me? Before we started any of the process, he said, we knew this was the place. Oh, I like that. I like to hear a guy with that kind of, he said, we already knew. We already I said, have you decided, well, I, how it started, I called him. I said, have you thought about it and prayed about it? I, I had him pray about it for two weeks. He said, I didn't need to pray about it, but we prayed about it for two weeks. Because before I ever came down there, we believed this was God in the moving in our life. Now, he's a 22-year-old. But he knows God. And then God has allowed him to come down here. It'll be starting July 1st, I believe it is, by the grace of God. Get married June 6th. And uh, <clears throat> bless us. God's blessed mightily. Wow. That's not talking about the new that gym sitting over there. I know it's not done yet. We may not get it done until next July, but someday. Hard for me to believe. It's amazing with what was going on. God let us finish that thing. At least get get it to where we're finished and blessed. We've been blessed by the personnel that God sent here to gospel. Mrs. Motes and the wonderful job she's done. She works for, she's a big shot across the street, the WCI. She come and want to work for us as a small shot. Wendy was a big shot up in the place she worked. Made a lot more money than she's making now. Wanting to come to work the gospel. You can't explain that. Remember when Jeff Broom, Jeff Broom, wow, is that a blast from the past? Jeff Broom, yeah. Jeff uh, Larson, making 85000 bucks a year. We asked him if he would come in and do our books for us, and we, we could pay him 40000 He said, yeah, people don't do that. I mean, okay, take a cut of eighty-five to forty. He said, I can do it because Donna's making good money, and she can, she can work. I'm real happy about that, but nevertheless... Alicia gets out of college, wants to work here. Why would Alicia want to come back to Gospel Baptist? Alicia Smith. Melissa gets out of college, wants to come back here and work. Why would she want to do that? Our teachers, I could go on about our teachers coming here. Nicole, Nicole Aldrich could have went anywhere. She wouldn't have been Nicole Shell, but she could have went anywhere she wanted to go and got a job. Could have went anywhere she wanted to go and got a job. Wanted to come to Gospel Baptist. Folks, do you see God? Don't just take that as half chance. Don't, don't, don't take that like where they came for the money. They didn't come for the money. They're not starving. I mean, let's face it, sunshine's expensive. But brother, January, February, March, and April, ooh la la, it's sweet down here. I think of Amy Richards called us up. Amy checked us out. Now, usually as an employer, you're the one calling them, you know, and you're the one saying, well, how's their references? She's calling our references. She calls us up and says, I've checked you guys out, and I think I'd be willing to teach for you. I don't think it was quite worded that way for her defense, but it was something... That was the spirit I kind of picked up. Not arrogant on her part, but that she wanted to teach for us. I remember I looked at I, I said, I told my wife, what in the world is going on? You know what I saw? God. Giving us increase. 14 years now, Amy. 14 years later. Bliss. Oh, she's blessed my soul past what I could ever tell you. I'm not bragging on her. I'm holding back. 
on and on and on. God just supplied the need everywhere from Pat McCullum to Trish Brown to Sandy Don to Wendy to the secretaries to the teachers. Oh, may I not forget Miss Miley. 25 years that woman showed up from being a missionary. She showed up to live with her mom and dad in her elderly years and she started teaching junior church and she hasn't quit teaching from the, almost the Sunday she stayed here. She stepped in the door. She'd been teaching junior church. Man. Woo! That's God. God don't do that if He don't see legitimacy and a, and a pure heart. Perfect? No, man. We're full of we're full of errors. If you stick around me enough, you'll see them. But I hope you'll also see that when I make them, I ask you to forgive me and want to be right. Want to do right. I want to keep a short account with you. I don't want to be at odds with anybody. I'm going to be at peace with you. I believe by the grace of God, His hand has been upon us, is upon us. I think the best in, for gospel is in the future. I don't think the best is back there. You don't, refer, you don't hear me refer to them as the good old days. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. I want to go forward. I want to see, I want to see us reach and our outreach and, and our expression. God has used the internet. 125,000 downloads last year. All over the world. God's using the internet and that ministry, and God's using the flea market and that ministry, and all of these various flea. God just uses them over. Amazing, amazing. Why? We're in His kingdom. We're part of His family. This is His church. I will build my church, He said. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, I hope you get a vision for the local church. I hope you understand this is the way God works. I hope you're loyal. And you're a member that with your hand on the plow won't look back. And you won't let any difficulty, any little difficulty bump you off. I've told the devil over and over and over again, you will have to shoot me. You will have to kill me. And God will have to give you permission to do it. And if God gives you permission, that's going to be the best thing for me. By the grace of God, let's go on. I'm excited what's in the future. I'm excited what we're going to see coming this year. I'm excited for the new souls that are going to be saved. I saw movement on door-to-door this, this week like I hadn't seen in weeks. Able to give the gospel out. A woman came today. I'm starting to see the moving of God. Five in the detention got saved. One in junior worship got saved. Boy, don't take that lightly. Those are souls that got the gospel clearly explained to them and said, Yes, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. Yes, we want to baptize more. Absolutely. Amen. May God help us. Father, tonight, thank you for these dear folks. We pray as we review some of these things, as we look at the lives of the people that your, your hand was definitively upon, your hand upon Joseph, your hand upon Samuel, your hand upon uh, uh, David, your hand upon Hezekiah, your hand upon Josiah. Father, we noticed similarities from all of these people through the Bible. That they had a pure heart before you. They wanted to do the right thing. There was no secret sins, no hidden things, no hidden agenda. They wanted openly and uprightly to help and to serve you. Father, help us tonight. The devil's made a whack at us and tried to try to discourage us. He's hurt us. He's knocked us down, but he hasn't knocked us out. No, no. Father, we pray that the power of God may be demonstrated this year more than we've seen it in years and years to come. May more people be born of the fam- be born into the family of God this year than we've ever seen before. May more bus ministry, may more drivers volunteer, may more, min- may more routes be started, may more young people come. May the VBS be the biggest, uh, widest spread, best quality we've ever had. God, would the school, would you, would you blow the lid to the place we have a waiting list at the school? Father, do a work in your local church for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is a river.